Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, and welcome to Blizzard Watch, the podcast that watches Blizzard as carefully as we possibly can, because they're always doing things. They're wily. They're dangerous. They're sneaky. Uh, hi, I'm your host, Matt Rossi, and with me this week are two magnificent co-hosts. First up, uh, we, we just had a really long conversation about geography, so I don't know. I'm just going to introduce him. Uh, Alex Zebart. Hi. Uh, I guess I'm a geographer now. Is that what that intro was? I, Is that I, how that's relevant? I just, no, I don't know. I just It was really still sticking in my head, and I had to get it out. It's like a uh, splinter. Then yes. I'm here. Hello. How's it going? Uh good I can't. <laughs> <laughs> all right i was gonna ask you how you're doing or you've done anything in game recently but i'm figuring you're probably doing the same thing we all are we got a ton thing. of world quests yeah yeah working through world quests um i had lfr open i'm looking forward to that uh the new world boss was up today i killed him pretty much immediately he was just as easy as the other one okay cool i should go do that but i haven't i've actually had the past couple of days been taking care of the dog so i haven't got as much wow time in as i wanted uh, on this boss, you know, usually if there's a tornado, that's a bad thing. On this guy, you want to get hit by the tornado. It gives you water walking, and it becomes much easier to fight a dude in the middle of the ocean. Okay, that's good to know. Uh, also with us this week, um, she lives in Colorado, which is apparently like two WoW zones put together. Um, and Stickney. It's like more than that, but hi, I'm back from vacation. Did you have a good vacation? I did. I rolled around in Suramar like a lot, and... Um, taught myself to knit. So, <laughs> is that a quest in Suramar? I don't remember that one. No, no, that was outside of the game. I just felt like playing around with yarn, and then I made a blanket. So I have a blanket now. <laughs> and YouTube is great for tutorials on that kind of thing. If somebody had told me years ago that knitting was just like putting loops through other loops, I probably would have done that a heck of a lot sooner because it was really easy. But Can I- can I tell a funny story related go- to that that's completely irrelevant to the rest of the show? No, go okay, ahead. Sure. So, you know, in grade school, I don't know for you guys where you had to take some of this. Like, it's around here. It's the Iowa basics. It's like yes. a test everybody in the area takes. Okay. So we were doing this in, like, sixth grade, and one of my buddies came in with 
a bunch of yarn and some knitting needles and kids being kids, you know, everybody made fun of him initially for like being girly and doing like a grandma girly thing. Right. But as we were doing like a week or two worth of these tests, all of us quickly realized that we finished everything before the time was up for the test. So we would have tons of boring spare time during the day. And by about day three, all of the guys are going up to him like, can you teach me how to knit? I need something to do. So you had a bunch of sixth grade boys knitting in class for like two weeks straight. I love my blanket. It's like huge too. It's it's taller than I am and it's like about five feet wide. I don't know. I did it well, in a couple of hours while I was watching a ball game. So <laughs> what I know about knitting is that one time when my wife and I were, were newlyweds, we just moved up here and we were living in an apartment that was not well ventilated. And she decided to have me help her untangle some some yarn she had that was extremely fine and silken, the threads of it. Oh, man. And after about half an hour of this, of me standing there, she attempted to do this, and it got worse and worse, and the, the apartment got stuffier and stuffier because I couldn't open a window because I had yarn around my hands. Uh, I We had finally just this this collapse where I was like, no, no, I'm not doing this anymore. And I, like, you know. <laughs> Ran away to screaming from the yarn, so, but I said I couldn't, so I had to stand there for another half an hour. So, um, yeah, I don't like knitting. The the Iowa basics, though. I remember, I remember taking. I read a lot of books when that was going on because, yeah, the downtime was just boring. You just let us so leave. boring. You let us leave after we were done with our tests. No, just... they didn't let us do that because it was like middle school. This was there was I like was a... in, I was in sixth grade. She straight up let me leave for the day at noon. Wow. Like, you're done. Yeah, go home. Yeah, no, for us, it was like this period of the day, you're doing this segment. And for second period, you're doing this segment. So it was like you took a 15 minute test every 45 minutes. So you had 30, like every 15 minutes, you had 30 minutes to do no, nothing. They straight up, like they made us, I don't know if it was the Iowa basics. It was, might've been something else. Cause I went to school before you guys did. But when we were doing our standardized testing, seriously, I finished the whole thing and I was done at noon and I could go. Yeah. Let me just leave. Go I, home. I didn't have that option, but then I also had to take the bus to school because I live on a mountain. So there's that. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, my, my elementary school was literally a block and a half away from my house. So, yeah, I walked home. Yeah. And like in the city, there's also considerations like we have to find a way to keep these kids in class all day. Because if we send them home early, there's not going to be any parents home. They have no way of getting home. Right. So short days or half days tend to be pretty rare because their parents are at work. Where are we going to, what, where are these kids going to go? Nowhere. Yeah, I, I can see that. This was just the, this was the, the dawn of the latchkey era. Like this would have been the eighties. Yeah. So that was just starting to be a thing. Like the, the single, single parent, single parent households were happening. And, the, the dawn of both parents working was, was starting to be a big deal. Like, I remember it was a bit Time Magazine article. And this has nothing to do with World of Warcraft. I was going to say, this has nothing to do with Blizzard. So maybe we should, like, start talking about that. Yeah, All probably. Right. <laughs> I'm going to just straight up introduce the first thing. Uh, and I, I don't actually understand what's happening because, I, like I said, today was a day of trying to take care of the dog. So what's going on with LFR not letting you do something? Oh, okay. So uh, LFR, there's like a couple. Well, LFR, obviously, the first wing of um, Emerald Nightmare comes out on LFR today. And there was a tweet from Blizzard CS that said that items for in nightmares and essence of power, they aren't going to drop in LFR. And this was the first that that had ever been mentioned to anyone. And a lot of people were upset about it, including me. But, But the reason I was upset about it was because I thought that this was like, order hall campaign stuff 
like campaign quests and they were going to require you to raid in normal, which I can't do. I don't have that kind of time commitment. I don't I don't have that kind of free time, right? LFR is pretty much what I can do right now, time-wise. Um, but it turns out that both of those quests are actually related to an artifact appearance that you can unlock. It's got nothing to do with the yeah. Order Hall story. So it's kind of a non-story at this point. It's basically... Uh, there's a cosmetic thing that you can only get if you're doing normal or above, just like the moose bounce last time around. So I'm not too concerned. Isn't that the thing you have to even do a mythic dungeon just to unlock it? Like the first quest yeah. in that chain is a mythic dungeon? For the yeah. for the artifact appearance? Yes, yeah. I think so. I, yeah, I'd already given up on that because it's a mythic yeah. dungeon. Yeah, I don't, I, don't, do I think there's a couple things going on here. Number one, well, there was until today. So if people were looking forward to doing these quests and... Only today found out they can't do it in LFR. The day LFR opens, uh, that's frustrating. Yeah, because they but could have been trying. They, yeah, they'd been planning for it. Whereas if they knew it to begin with, it would have been would. Yeah, they'd be like, oh, okay. Uh, the other thing is, it's really hard to tell that those quests are just for artifact appearances because I don't know how it is for other classes. But for warriors, you finish your order hall quest chain, and Caligos comes in. It's like I can help you unlock the true power of your artifact. And I was like, cool. There's more stuff, but by true power, he means they can make it look real pretty. Yeah, it's not actually... Like, that's really a misre- misleading category. Yeah, it's not. It has not, nothing it's to not, do with power. It's got nothing to do with the actual story behind the Order Hall or anything like that. That's what I was concerned with, because they introduced LFR specifically so that non-raiders could get a look at least at the story of the raid, that kind of thing. You know, they can get a taste of it, yeah. which I'm cool with. All right, I can't. I can't do the hardcore rating anymore. I don't. I don't have the time in in my day to actually like get that done to commit to any kind of rating guild, which kind of sucks because I mean I did raid for years, yeah. uh, years and years and years, and I have the titles and the achievements and stuff to prove it. But I just I don't have that kind of time anymore. So it's like LFR is all I got. Well, that's all right. If I can still do all the story stuff in LFR, cool. I'm fine. I'm fine because that's the other thing that I'm like really concerned with here is the story and learning what's going on with the story and that kind of thing. The moment what what set me off, though, was the thought that they were putting story quests in normal raid or higher because they made it a point to kind of like make the story something that you could experience without having to raid. By introducing yeah. LFR, so so like keeping it out of LFR, that would be kind of con- counterproductive to what they introduced it for. You know what I mean? But it's a non-issue, so we're okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of in that position where I'm like, well, it's kind of annoying that I can't do that in LFR, but I don't really need it, so I don't care that much. Yeah, if it's a cosmetic appearance, I don't really care. Because I'm... the raids have had cosmetic things like mounts and things like that, yeah. or, or even like tier sets for the longest time or they were like nope LFR's got something completely different and then the tier sets themselves they're going to be in the raids only and for that it's kind of like oh well you shrug and walk away because it's like it's a cosmetic thing it doesn't yeah. really have anything to do it's it's not it's not what I would consider important towards finishing the expansion or feeling like I've completed the expansion or anything like that. If I'm missing out on a chunk of story because I don't happen to be raiding, that's where I get kind of irritated. Like that whole bit with Cho Gall at the yeah, end right. of... That's what I was mentioning. Like I'm way more annoyed when they just lock bosses off because right. those bosses are usually pretty darn significant. Like not no like 
how many people throughout that expansion were like, whatever happened to Chogol? Where did he go? And, you know, the Raiders were like, oh, he's in our super special raid that you don't get to see. Yeah. And that that part, that kind of thing, that irritates me. Because it's like, well, you played through, you leveled through Nagrand and you were introduced to Chogol's story and everything. But you don't get to see the end of it unless you're a heroic or mythic raider or whatever it was. was the mythic. requirement mythic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that but, but seems kind of counterproductive. The Chogol thing, thing was annoying for another reason, though. And that's definitely not the case here. Yeah. The reason the Chogol thing was annoying was because he wasn't even... It wasn't even like a like a, a special boss like Sinestra, where he's like you can only do this on heroic. It wasn't even like an Algalon style boss where it's it's always hardcore no matter what you do. It was this fight that you've already done on LFR and normal and heroic changes to be different with the addition of Chogal on mythic only. There, there's so another the, there's another chunk of this fight that you're completely missing unless you do it on Mythic. And I'm, it's one thing when you do that, like with Garrosh, where he, you know now he sends you to weird dreamscapes. That's still kind of the choke. It's not the same thing. It's as, still Garrosh. Yeah, it's not like and also surprise guest Chogol. Like, what? <laughs> but now what? Yeah, huh? What? That's just weird, man. And yeah, it's like it, it with with the Chogol thing. You didn't find out what happened to him unless you did. Unless you did the mythic raid, like you, you just straight up didn't know what happened to him. It was just this hanging loose thread where it's like, where did Chogal go? Oh, he died. Wait, when did we find that out? Like it's not even mentioned unless you go do the mythic. And that's that's where I kind of have a problem with it because you know when you implement stuff like that in raid difficulty and things like that, the raiders that are in there aren't concerned with that. They just want the loot. Most of them really aren't that concerned with the story. There are I mean, some. I'm sure there are some, yeah. Like, I wouldn't blanket say high-end raiders don't care about the story. No, no, no. There are do. some. Because, I mean, obviously I was one of them. Rossi was one of them. We had right. people in our guild who were interested in the story stuff. And they'd ask me every now and again to explain something about what yeah, we were doing. But they did, The thing is, they were interested in a way that implied, like, you know, oh, that's Anne's job to tell them. Yeah. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't a, oh, this is the reason we're going here and this is really dire important or anything it was just hey you know this boss that has like the really good loot that we absolutely love what's what's his deal anyway <laughs> yeah and i think that was know, the extent even, of it even for just cosmetic stuff i will say in warlords it did really actively annoy me that lfr had didn't have tier sets like the real tier sets yeah that was annoying i think tier sets are a little more significant than just my sword can be a little different yeah um, i don't know where the difference is exactly like would it be unjustified for somebody to be irritated they couldn't get their artifact skin? I don't know. But I know not being able to get tier sets really did bother me. Because, um, yeah, I know I'm not going to have good as good gear as other raiders, but I still like cool armor. So I don't know. I mean, Maybe that's hypocritical of me. I don't know. I like transmog, so I'm cool with that. I, I mean, half the time anyway, the tier sets and stuff that have been introduced lately are the kind of things that I'm going to transmog over because I don't really care for them. <laughs> they have been pretty <laughs> ugly lately. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm just going to use these old appearances anyway. I don't care. You guys can have your tier sets. Cool. You go raid. Same actually... thing with like the dungeon challenge mode sets. I love the way some of those challenge mode sets look. They're gorgeous, but I didn't have the time to do it and I didn't have the people to do it with in Mr. Pandaria, so I missed out on that. Oh, well. <laughs> so I'm actually, I'll straight up say that I've liked a lot of tier sets lately but yeah. i only ever care about plate and yeah. plate almost always looks better than everything else yeah 
Um, I'm sorry. Uh, World of Warcraft's leather very rarely hits a sweet spot where I think, oh, that's attractive. Usually it's like, that's some kind of strange space dominatrix look that I and don't And what like. am I playing right now? A rogue, a druid. <laughs> like, yeah, um, <laughs> I think the, the plate sets, I think most of them have been pretty decent. But then sometimes you get one like the Paladin Fireland set that looked kind of like you glued parts onto yourself that fell off of Ragnaros's house and underneath it you had like a really dirty linen pair of pajamas. <laughs> See, honestly, the, the the thing about that set I didn't like, and wow, we should talk about other things, but the thing about that set I didn't like was the hat. The, the whole palette look... set was like, it literally looked like you were wearing dirty pajamas underneath it. Yeah. But we should also, at this point, since we talked about that for a while, we should mention that Mythic and LFR Wing 1 are now open. They're open as of Tuesday as we're recording this. Yeah, so. I mentioned I mentioned the LFR thing, but yeah, Mythic, Mythic is also open for people that are doing that. Good luck. Have fun. Storm in the castle or, you know, the nightmare, whatever's more relevant. Yep. Have either of you guys, like, have either of you guys, did you venture in a normal at all? Yeah, I I did last week and I hopefully will be tonight. What do you think of it? Is it pretty? Uh, Well, I only got to see three bosses. Um, Were they fun? The first, the first one was very fun in a very strange way. It's not, it's the typical thing where melee gets, you know, I don't want to use the actual words, but melee gets the shaft. Uh, <laughs> it, it is very much, a, you know, hey, you're a melee player. Run out. Oh, oh, hey, you're a melee player. Run out again. It's like, oh, okay. So I should should I even bother hitting him? No, no, you really shouldn't. Okay. Do you have something you can throw at him from range? Because otherwise, nah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you get that one down. Then the second boss is like a phase-changing boss that makes you jump platforms. It's really complicated. It was a fun fight, but it's nuts. Cool. Um, and the third boss was Ursok, which we got pretty close to getting down, and I think we'll probably get him this week. Uh, it was just he was being very Ursoki about the whole thing. Ursok's hilarious looking. Uh, one of the things with the Emerald Nightmare is it's set in various parts. It's like reflections, like the Emerald Dream versions of various places from Azeroth, but they've been corrupted. So you get to see a lot of places you're familiar with. Like one of the fights is in Mulgore. Phage uh, just pointed out in the chat channel and asked, why is Thunder Bluff in the Emerald Dream? Phage, the Emerald Dream is basically a reflection of Azeroth as it would have been had we not been there. It's like a natural version of overgrown Azeroth, whatever. So yeah, Thunder Bluff is going to be there. Everything's going to be there. It's a reflection of the real world. Yeah, so, and uh, there's there's some interesting lore stuff to it. Uh, you really want to go see the, there's one boss in particular that I, I think if you're into lore, you absolutely have to go see and yeah, I, I think it's a pretty good raid so far. It's I don't know if it's it wouldn't be the, the raid I expected for a Legion expansion, but it's certainly interesting. Did you guys um obviously I wasn't here last week, so I'm not sure what you talked about fully on the show. Um did you guys mention the thing with uh where they're changing Battlenet? We didn't mention it, I don't think. It's kind of a silly thing, I also think. Okay. Um, I guess it's a weird it. thing. It's just a weird choice. Yeah. They're, um, not, they're not calling Battle.net Battle.net anymore. It's just going to be called Blizzard stuff. Like Blizzard Tech or something like that? Yeah, I something like that. I, I just look forward to the day that they're getting DDoS and everybody says Blizzard is down and you don't know quite what they mean because everything is called Blizzard now. Yeah. I just, for me, it was kind of a confusing thing because I'm like, why would you get rid of that? It's a thing now. Like, you've made it a thing. It's been It's been established in the world long enough that pretty much everybody knows what that thing is and I mean, it's its own thing so why would you get rid of that thing i'm i'm gonna take a wild guess here and say it's because they're making that push into like facebook streaming and so forth um 
you know, people who don't play games or are super casual gamers or have never played Blizzard games before would not know what Battle.net is. Right. People who have been playing those games forever, of course we know what it is because we grew up on Blizzard games. Somebody on Facebook was like, oh, that's a pretty cool game this person is playing. I wonder what it is and stumbles across all this Battle.net stuff. We're going to be like, what? What's Battle.net? Does Battle.net make Overwatch? (laughs) Well, and the thing is, is like... I guess, I mean, okay, I see that point, because that point was made to me. I mentioned it on Twitter when it was announced. I was like, this seems like a confusing choice. Why would you do that? And somebody pointed out it was so that the people who weren't familiar with Blizzard and Battle.net wouldn't be confused if they came across Battle.net. And I'm like, well, that's okay. That's a fair point. But aren't you confusing everybody who already knows your product by just changing the name (laughs) Like I that, think the people like, who already know it will adjust to it, and people yeah. who don't will be better off. It just it felt like a weird thing. I mean, for example, um, if you are interested in Overwatch, but you don't have it, and you have never played a Blizzard game, you can go to playoverwatch.com, which I believe forwards you to battle.net slash US slash Overwatch. Yeah. And there's Battle.net is more apparent there than Blizzard. So if you know nothing, it might suggested that this company called battle.net makes okay all right i get it i get it um the other thing that's on the news thing and i'm glad that this was in the email because i completely forgot about it brewfest yeah brewfest is going on i i spaced it i i haven't done anything but i'm been busy like running around pretending to be like a nightborn and all of that i'm gonna tell a true story here my wife and I decided to do it this weekend because she wanted to do it. And I was like, all right, fine. We'll sign up and we'll do it. We signed up as DPS. Okay. 45 minutes later, we had still not gotten in nor seen any sign that we would get in. There wasn't, <laughs> there wasn't even a, a timer on it saying, you know, you've been in it this long. And it says like, you've been in the queue for 45 minutes. There was nothing saying your expected wait time is blank. It was just nothing there. There was nothing. So we, wow. I missed, I, so we disconnected. The, the, we had a disconnect. So when we got back in, I'm like, okay, cue us again. She's like, you want to wait another 45 minutes? Like, no, I have a cunning plan. And I, I tanked it. As soon as I switched to tank, boom, we were in. Oh, yeah. Like, sure. Immediately. Like, not even – I had not even actually gotten done switching when we got in. Uh, so I tanked it, and it's exactly the same. But by the way, Alex, remember you told the story about how where they, where they put you? They had yeah. to click on the thing. Not anymore. They just t- they teleport you right in front of it again. Really? That yeah. is funny. Because, um, got... yeah, I didn't know. Like, they put a super special teleporter to it, like, further back than the mole machine. And I didn't know that was there. And nobody in my party knew it was there. So we just straight up ran BRD to get to Corn Iabrew. <laughs> we just did everything to get there and just killed all the bosses on the way. And we were like, this is so dumb. And then yeah. I was informed of the second teleporter. Oh. Yeah, they, they apparently decided, nope, people aren't getting it. So they got rid of it and just teleport you there straight. So we, <laughs> we get there. And my group consisted of, of myself, my wife, who's, who's playing a hunter. So she was DPS. And then I'm not making this up. Three, not, not three discipline priests. One of whom was healing it as disc. And two of whom were DPSing it as disc. All played by the same person. Straight up told me. So you got somebody I'm that was boxing, like. I'm triple boxing this. Wow. Like, okay. All right. Whatever. It was the smoothest core entire attempt I've ever seen. 
<laughs> nobody did anything dumb. Nobody like deliberately pulled ads. I hadn't gotten. Well, no, to there yet. was only three of you there. It was great. I want that guy <laughs> to be in all my groups. If you're the if you're the discipline priest who was three boxing, three disc priests at level one ten, please be in more groups with me. <laughs> but that's my Rufest story. I did Rufest. I got nothing, and I'm not going back. Yeah, I only did it the once, and I think like number one. Uh, other than, like, the Kodo, I think you can still get that, or the Ram. There's no, like, loot you want off of him. The, the trinkets he drops are pretty terrible. Like, their eye level is awful. There's, What's the eye level on him? Aren't they, like, 810 or something? Okay, so that's still better than the trinkets that I've got right now. I mean, so... I just got some, like, I think the lowest item level world quest can give you is 820. So if you're doing world quests. Oh, no, eight world quests can give you 810. Yeah, world quests have okay. been giving me, like, 810, 85, 810. You know what level you are. Yeah. Right, I know. I just couldn't remember, like, what item level I started at because I had, like, 820 gear pretty quick. Um, yeah, not, not everybody got beyond that now. I, I had to, like, work pretty hard to get to the point where I am now. But, um,. Yeah, it, it really does depend. Those still might be worth it, but they're not worth it to me because I just, you know, nothing drops. And I know how these, the way Blizzard limited it. Remember how you used to be able to just do it and do it and do it until you got something? Yes. And they basically made it so you get the special treasure keg once. Yep. And mm-hmm. that's it. And then come back tomorrow. Yeah. That makes it useless to me. I can do better things with my day. I, I, I have. Yeah. To. Yeah. If I could yeah. run Diabrew 12 times until I got a trinket, I'd do it. But I'm not doing it. I mean, I just, you know, it's just not worth my time. Also, Alex, I feel like I should point out now that I've had like the whole vacation thing and had time to actually delve into everything that Suramar has to offer. You were totally right. The place right? is so cool. I'm having so much fun in there. I love it to pieces and I never want it to go away. I want them to do like every zone, every end game. It's so good. It's just, just make, it's so good. Make <laughs> like a whole full RPG in Suramar. The I, thing is, this, Suramar seriously just keeps unfolding. I'm still getting new stuff. I am. Yeah. I, I know. I, it's like I go back there every day and there's always something new to do. And and I don't even know that it's there. Like, I went stumbling around yesterday, like, just looking around at stuff. And then, like, before I knew it, I was, like, riding a devil sword, you know, terrifying <laughs> yeah. citizens and stomping demons. And it was, like, the best thing ever. I, I it's, like, it's like they took, they took the daily quest system from Missa Pandaria that was right there at Endgame so you had like all of those daily quests to do they took that and they smushed it together with the story quests and stuff that everybody loved from Dominance Offensive and things like that and then they made a zone out of it and and I love it so much it feels like they took a lot of things they have tried before but actually gave it depth and meaning yeah um, I like, love it. I love it so much. I don't, I don't know where you are in these quests, but do you have the Arkandor in Shalaran? I no. I don't know what that is. Okay, stop well, talking now, Alex. Is it like is is it is that the the thing that's in the middle? Yes. Okay, so I have it's it's there. It hasn't really done anything yet. The dude, the dude, we went and found it, and the guy was like, "Okay, well now you got to go get honored or okay. whatever," and I'm working on that. Now, actually, I should hit that tonight. So. Okay, well, you have it. So, like, okay, there's the way it unfolds, like Mr. Pandaria dailies, and they, I think they do it even better now. And there's, like, the withered stuff, which is, like, the wretched from the Blood Elves, except, like, given depth and made significant. Yeah. And, story. and there's the Arkandor, which is, like, 
the tree from Firelands, except it actually has a story and it's interesting and meaningful instead of like, oh, here's a random tree in the middle of all this fire. No, it's going like, to do stuff. I'm just waiting to yeah. see what it does. So it's like all these elements they've used before, except they're like, okay, we could, let's try all of these things, but better. And it works. Like all of these things have been done before and wow, just not well until now. It's just, it's so crazy amazing. I just, I can't even, they need to do this for every expansion. It, it, they delivered, this is so much better. This is so much above and beyond Warlords of Draenor. Like you can't even compare the two. So yeah, I'm, I'm happy. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm leveling just... yet another alt so that I can go through and do it all over again. So, you know. Well, here's one thing I was going to actually, you know, briefly mention before we move on. Um, actually feels kind of weird to talk about it completely honestly. Uh, it's a Heroes of the Storm thing. Is Zarya in yet or is she still being... She's, no, she's as, in. As of today. Yeah. Uh, there's also the, what is it, Warhead Junction is yes. also in today, the other StarCraft-themed map. Zarya is, if you've played any Overwatch and you've ever played Zarya in Overwatch, you already know how to play Zarya in Heroes of the Storm. Her they pretty much just pulled her over same. as yep. a copy, pretty much. She has the shields, and hitting her shields gives her energy, which increases her damage. She and the has, graviton beams and all of that stuff? She has the laser beam, or the ranged grenade, or the graviton surge. The only difference is she has a second ultimate option, because pretty much everybody in Heroes does, except for Tracer. I'm surprised they didn't do this with Zarya, where Tracer has her ult right away. You can just build it differently. Uh, Zarya, you can instead take, like, what is it called? Expulsion Zone, where instead of pulling people in, it pushes people away, and it persists on oh. the ground for a while. So, like, you can create a choke point or cut off pursuers, or if your enemies are about to take a mercenary camp, you can drop it on the mercenary camp and shove them away from their ability to take it and stuff like that. Can so you drop she, it on the core? It's not big enough to push them that far away i mean okay. you could push them away from part of it but not the whole thing but they can just well, so go you're gonna be like in the middle of fighting people actively anyway so it wouldn't really matter one way or another but yeah, yeah. that's kind of cool where it's but like here's her other ult it's the opposite yeah. <laughs> it's you can pull them in or push them out that's kind of neat yeah uh, otherwise in every way it's it's aria from overwatch i still i still think that they should bring lucio in I want to see. I want to see what a hero's version of Lucio would look like. I think it'd be really cool as a support, like a new support. Yeah. Agreed. That would be interesting. Okay. Um, we usually do emails right about now, but before we do, Alex. Sure. If, uh, if you like our show and you want to continue supporting our show, you can go to BlizzardWatch.com/curiosity to sign up for Curiosity Stream, which is basically Netflix. Netflix for documentaries. Netflix. That's the thing, right? No. Uh, no. Is it not? <laughs> It should be. So what then is I would curiosity? Say, I'm curious. Before Alex falls down the rabbit hole, I am going to recommend one thing. Uh, they have some really interesting uh, science documentaries that they just got. I was just looking at them. So, so is really it just stuff. documentaries? Yes. It's just documentaries. And it's like Mitch was on and he was like, do they have these crazy conspiracy documentaries? No, they don't. They're pretty straightforward. Like they want legit stuff. They don't want, uh, you know. Elmo so you're not going to see the secret life of mermaids or anything on there? No, no. Uh, it's like legit stuff. So it's like history and science and art and human nature and all that kind of stuff. And I know there's like really two types of people that there are people who think documentaries are boring as hell. And there are people who could spend like a whole weekend just watching documentaries. So if you're that second kind of person, Curiosity Stream is awesome. So blizzard.com slash curiosity. Blizzardwatch.com. Yes. What did I say? Uh, you said blizzard.com. Did I? Blizzard yeah, that's a completely different thing. Yeah, don't go to that other one. Go, <laughs> go to blizzardwatch.com slash documentary or curiosity. Look what you did to me, Anne. 
I'm sorry. I came back and everything went all higgledy piggledy. Anyway. Yeah, before, now that Alex is done with that, <laughs> uh, if you have an email, please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com. We like emails on pretty much any topic. If you put, you know, just the podcast in there, it does help a little bit. But above all else, uh, try and keep it below, like, some of these emails we get are, are enormous. They're, they're like 1,000, 2,000 words long. I, we can't use those. Uh, we would love to, but uh, Anne has to read these. Anne can't read a novel just to answer a question. It's just too much. So if you could just keep that in mind, we'd really appreciate it. But they can be on any Blizzard game. They can be on any aspect of any Blizzard game. They can be about you know World of Warcraft lore, gameplay, you know Diablo lore, StarCraft lore, whatever you want. Overwatch lore. I'm sure Anne would love to talk about Overwatch lore. Absolutely. There's literally, there's room for anything. So again, uh, podcast at BlizzardWatch.com. And uh, at this point, Anne's going to read them to you. So thank you and take it away. Our first email is from Al, just Al, which I appreciate on another level because I really liked Quantum Leap. Anyway, Al is a monk and a paladin tank on Trollbane US and he says, last week you guys said that you could set the pace in a dungeon as a tank but I find that's usually not the case. I find that if I don't pull like a maniac without a care for healer mana the damage being dealt or my own HP the DPS and sometimes even the healer will start pulling extra mobs for me. This drives me crazy and has gotten me kicked from a group when complaining about it. Having other people pulling for me kind of ruins the experience of tanking for me that's not really a question more of a commentary thing but you I guys can this, discuss that anyway i put this email in here because i wanted to complain about people doing this <laughs> i hate this oh I hate okay it so much i hate it so much that when mitch does it on the leveling stream i want to blow him up like if there was a way to get his character to die instantly when doing that i would do it i hate it i hate it a lot don't pull for me I, the whole point of me tanking is I'm doing the pulls. See, and I've been vanilla trained, so every time I accidentally tab target something that's not actually in the group, I feel really bad about it. Like, yeah, really bad about it. It's like oops, I think that is bad. part of the problem too. Is that for at least some of us, like I, I came up in vanilla when not only did you, you really had to be careful on pulling because they it was very easy to have like way more stuff come than you could handle, uh, to the point where CC was a necessity. And with in normal and heroics in, in Legion, that's not the case. You can go through most, even up to heroic dungeons, you can go without any CC. You can just blow them up. I understand this. I just don't want you to pull. That's the only you thing I ask you. You want to be in control of the situation. You're the tank. You should be in yeah. control of the situation. And the moment you aren't in control is when things go bad. Usually ends up happening. Like nine times out of ten, what usually ends up happening is people decide, oh, hey, this is going fine. I'll pull some more stuff in. I don't see it. I don't know they're doing it. So I don't tank it. Because how am I going to tank it if I don't know it's there yet? I haven't done anything to get threat on it. The healer sees it coming and immediately drops a big heal on me. Because, oh, hey, they just added like six more guys. That would be great if I knew this was happening. I don't know what's happening. So before I can do anything, the healer has six mobs in his face. Yeah. Now, sometimes I can save that situation, but I don't have challenging shout anymore. Like, you know, I don't I can't just yell and get everyone to hit me. They took that out. So if I don't have something like shockwave to immediately stun everything, then there's a good chance the healer is going to get half dead before I can react. Now, maybe he's fast enough on the draw to heal himself. Maybe he isn't. But either way, that's it wasn't necessary. If I'd known those guys were coming in, I could have adjusted. I could have altered my tactics. But I don't know, just because you think it's obvious that you did it doesn't mean I think it's obvious that you did it. I did not see you do it. 
Like, you know, half the time, that's what happens. So it really, really bothers me. If you're in a group, please don't do this. Yeah, I just, um, I as, think... Go ahead. No, you can go ahead. Okay. As, as someone who's done many of these dungeons expansion as tank and as DPS, there's certainly, like, a range of speeds that the tank goes at. And whether they're going too fast or too slow, both of those are really annoying to me as DPS. Like, if it's too fast, like, they're pulling, they're, the tank is, like, three groups ahead of everybody else. I'm like, what are you doing, man? Like, that's super obnoxious. But at the same time, when you get the tank, who's, like, quote-unquote, going at their own pace, but what they're really doing is, like, staring at a pole for a few minutes every time, you're like, come on, Grandpa, get with it. Just pull something. And at that point, you're very tempted to just, like, oops, I threw an axe at those guys. They're coming now. Um... But anything in between that range, if you're moving at a relatively decent speed, that's fine. Um, but definitely, if you're staring at mobs for five minutes, it's like, all right, I'm just going to pull. Really? That's going to get you to do something. Really, all I look for in a dungeon is that that kind of, you know, steady pace where we're constantly in combat with something. And, yeah. you know, if we pause for healer mana, that's that's fine. Let them drink something. That's cool. I have yet to run into any healers, though, this expansion, that have had any kind of issues with that. Yeah, never. Uh, that's That was the weird Liz has been just extraordinary on the leveling street. Like, she doesn't even get low. I don't. I don't know what she does or how she does it or if that's just that's how just healers, healers are right now. Like, uh, running, you know, tanking heroics, uh, you know, even when... I imagine Stuff Mythic probably gets way more difficult. I'm sure. But, like, in a Heroic, I'm tanking, and, like, somebody blunders into one group, and because tab targeting is broken, the Affliction Warlock accidentally puts Corruption on a third group, and suddenly I'm tanking, like, 15 mobs, and I'm, like, fighting for my life, and I'm using my cooldowns, and we finish everything, and I'm like, oh, we should probably wait for healer mana for the next one. I look, and they're full mana! Like, how does that happen? Don't know. <laughs> like, do Don't healers know. cast spells like Magic. I don't know, if, like I don't know if like it's the tank survivability in heroics that means that healers don't have to do much, or if healers just have infinite mana. I don't know. Or they just have like tremendous amounts of regen or something. I don't know. I I think though a lot of that issue with the whole does the tank pull something or does the DPS pull something or what's the pace, who sets the pace, that kind of thing. It may be just like there's a generational gap there and it's weird talking about a generation gap in a video game but it still exists because this game has been around for what like 12 years now yeah about that yeah uh, november so, of 2004 so the people who went through vanilla and i'm gonna do one of those whole we're gonna sit on the front porch in the rocker and talk about the good old days or whatever when you played in vanilla you let the tank pull you not only let the tank pull but you had to wait for him to get five sunders on whatever it was that he was attacking before you could attack. So you didn't pull threat off of the tank because if you pulled threat off of the tank, you know, it was commonly known that you were going to die and that was just not a good thing. <laughs> but I mean, if... I remember, I remember pulling was like an art form too. Cause you, you had like the corner pulls, you had the line of sight pulls. We in Mol molten core, like back in molten core, we had a hunter that did all of the pulling, like the big pulling, boss pulling and things like that. And they used their hunter pet in Eyes of the Beast. They pet pulled to pull yeah. around corners and, th and down corridors and things like that. It was extraordinary. And you just don't do that anymore. So 
We had a pet puller uh, just for two bosses. Uh, it was for Baron Geddon, I think. Yeah, Geddon, yep. and yeah, Geddon that cool. was like that was their that was their thing. But they were so good at it that we just continued letting them do that whenever they wanted to to pull things to better locations for the raid to stand at. You know that kind of. And at that point, we had forty people in the raid, so you really had to find a place with a lot of space. Five man, not going to be that much problem with that generally speaking but even then it there's been kind of a shift and i'm not sure exactly where that shift happened i want to say probably wrath of the lich king when they introduced looking for group no 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 before Uh, that i would disagree well here's the thing um burning crusade was the ultimate in having to know how to do corner pulling line of sight pulling and so forth burning crusade heroics the original iteration of burning crusade heroics were so punishing and I tanked all that stuff because you couldn't be a DPS warrior. No. Because no one would bring you because there was no you didn't have CC. People wanted four CC if they could get it. Keep in mind, hacks had just been introduced. Yeah. Uh, people, if they could get a shaman healer, they took it because they wanted the extra CC. I spent more well, time sapping in Burning Crusade than in any other expansion. <laughs> there's there's so one tanked- place in Legion where I corner pull still. Yeah. The feast hall and halls of valor. Oh yeah. I, will, I corner pull all that crap. Everybody Somebody pulls that out there. The, yeah. Like you think if you're careful, everybody's gonna stay on the left and no. they'll be fine. They don't stay on the left, no. or that like <laughs> huntress mob will like disengage across the hallway and pull another group. Like I'm just corner pulling. Like you guys stay here, I'll be back, and I come back with mobs to kill. Yeah. See, I I would do that with like half the pulls in the game because that's how I learned to do it. And I learned how to do it in, in raids like, you know, not raids, but, you know, you, you had 10 people in like UBRS. You could bring like 10 people to Strat. Um, you so brought I, 10 people to Strat if you wanted do, it to go well. <laughs> I used to do like that's how I learned how to tank was an original Strat where not only was it all linked up. There was none of this. OK, go through this door. That's a different, you know, Strat, different Strat living side, Strat dead side were not separate raids is separate instances back then. So you did all, you could do the whole bloody place. You could just wander around into every boss. And we yeah. did, we did all of them. And so that's to me, Except that's for postmaster. Cause nobody ever wanted to do oh, postmaster. No. I, I had a friend, who, I had a friendly priest. Oh, you did. Was, oh, good. <laughs> so I, I always did. I always did postmaster for her and groups, groups hated it, but a lot of groups really couldn't afford to offend me because at that time, uh, there were two people on my server who had the key to UBRS. I just I remember I remember <laughs> I when they that. introduced um because they had the blue sets the blue dungeon one sets and then they introduced the epic sets the epic yeah. dungeon sets and that required going and doing a five man strat run which at that point in time sounded absolutely insane. It's just a five man strat run. It's funny. It was yeah it was a speed run. I never did Stratholm or Skolomance with more than five people really never even like fresh level 60s like it was a five-man dungeon so we went with five like ubers we took like 15 and i think maybe once or twice like for for hilarity we took as many people in our guild as possible into strat just because but other than that everybody talks like oh we took 10 15 people in strat i never did that i did five it was a five-man dungeon i didn't know you could take like 15 until somebody said let's take everybody my first my first for a while because i reset it my first level 60 was a druid, and of course I was spec healing because that was the only valid druid spec at that point. Um, you had to you had to spec all the way into healing so that you could get innervate so you could cast it on other people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
that was um, how druids worked back then. It was really kind of screwy. But no, I, like I, my first my first memories of running Strat and, and Scala, we we had the big group. We went in with the big group. And yeah, and people don't even realize this, but like when you go to Strat now, there's the room with all the the spawning undead, and you have to you basically just everyone runs in, kills those guys, and runs in a big circle and just kills all those guys. Back in the day, you could not get away with that. No, you could you'd pull one group and you'd pull them out into or, the hallway. Yeah, or you died. <laughs> you yeah. had to pull it back into the hallway because yeah. God forbid you pulled any of those other groups. Oh no, if you got <laughs> you got two groups in there, you were gone. They would they would take your healer out in no ten flat. And see, I, I realize at this point we're sounding like you know oh, my day was better, and I'm not saying it was better in a lot of ways. It's better now, but it's still one of the reasons people don't tank is because they don't like the feeling of pressure and stress of being, you know, blamed for when things go bad. And when you're already in that position, when you already feel stressed out and not like you're just in there having fun killing stuff, but you're actually working against your group. Like that's the thing about tanking's always been. It's you versus the dungeon and your group. Like Alex said, well if he's going too slow, I'll just throw my axe. If that guy is stressed out and doesn't already feels like he's in over his head, now Alex is throwing his axe to pull stuff because he's upset with Grandpa. Well, now Grandpa ain't gonna do it anymore, is he? Because it's Look, no fun. Grandpa, so I am blaming you. Grandpa sure doesn't need bad. five minutes there at the group. No, but, you're uh, bad. It's just that you're bad, Alex. That's all it is. We, um, <laughs> I've, I've, ne- I've actually never done that, but those are moments haven't. where I want to. I know you haven't. I'm just giving now you that we, um, but my point is serious though. If people feel stressed out already then this kind of stuff makes it worse for them. I've never gotten over that feeling of adversarialness when I tank, which is like I don't tank for pugs anymore. It's not that pugs aren't good people. It's that when I'm with my friends, I, I can trust that they're my friends. Okay, Rossi, I appreciate your point, but we've been on this one yeah, thing that fun. wasn't even a question for like 20 I'm, minutes. And we I'm should... taking this opportunity. If anybody anybody at Blizzard actually listens to this podcast, fix tab targeting. Yeah, I get a warlock in my group through the dungeon finder. The first thing I do is inspect them to see if they're affliction. And if they're affliction, I know we're going to get extra groups because tab targeting is so broken. That person's going to try tabbing to any of the 10 mobs we're fighting, but instead it'll target another 10 mobs and pull those two. Yep. I have that problem on my hunter a lot. Always inspect a warlock to check their spec. And if they're affliction, I know we're going to have trouble. Yeah, I have that problem on my hunter with leveling stream. That's why every now and again you'll see an extra mob pulled. It's not me intentionally doing anything. It's, oops, it tab-targeted the wrong thing from way over there instead of the big pile right in front of my face for some reason. I seem to recall at some point during the Legion beta they had patch notes that was like improved tab targeting or something. Whatever you did to improve it, undo that. (laughs) It was broken before, re-break it because it was perfect. It was fine. It was perfectly fine. All right. So our our next questions are from Hailnor and there's two questions here. Um... Hailnor says, hello, everyone, and thank you for the entertaining and very informative podcast you guys provide. Here are my questions. First up, my girlfriend recently explored Ironforge a bit and went into Old Ironforge where Magni used to stand as a statue. If you explore the walkways a bit, you end up walking deeper and deeper towards the ground down where there's lava at the bottom of the cave. There are two catwalks there leading to something that looks like small buildings or crypts which you cannot enter. The doors are closed and you can't interact with them. Do you have any idea or theory what's down there? Is this new and what might be there? Buried buried dwarf kings, something for a class artifact quest, something that will unlock later on um 
if I'm remembering correctly what you're referring to, the two things, the two doors there, they're actually doors to pathways that would theoretically take you to the Iron Forge Airport out of one side and the farm above Menethil out the other one. And the reason I say this is because I remember this. Old Iron Forge existed back in vanilla. You weren't supposed to be able to get to it, but you could. Um, and obviously, you had to face through the door. I remember. Yeah, you had to die next to the door, and then when you rezzed, you could rez on the other side of the door, and you could go down there and look around and stuff. And they lined up with those two entrances. Um, you also weren't supposed to be able to get to Ironforge Airport or the Benethil Farm either, but I managed both of those. So, um, <laughs> but I think that's what, unless there's other catwalks, isn't yeah, that I right? Think- I think a lot of that is like them putting Magni down there and stuff like that. That's kind of like a new use they found for things that were previously planned. Um, yeah. You can still look on like they're really old, really low quality videos now because uh, video quality on the internet was not as good no. like, 15 years ago as it is now. But um, there's still footage from like Alpha and stuff where Ironforge had a lot more to it. It was two levels. Cities were more city-like, and I would not be surprised if they intended for Ironforge to keep going down, like stuff at a a further lower level and having more tunnels that went places. Can you imagine if Ironforge was laid out like Suramar? Yeah. That'd be cool. (laughs) The the earliest videos of Ironforge, it just had more like catwalks and buildings that were up higher and more to explore. If you look at Ironforge now... Um, you'll notice there's like a lot of buildings that have like higher levels that are just there's nothing in them. Yeah. Uh, if you go throughout the entire like the entire city has these buildings throughout it. Yeah. Um, the ones that are around the forge in particular, uh, they used to actually have like there were NPCs that move around them and there was like there was an actual pathway between them and so forth. You could do the entire city without coming down. You could go from level to level. Upstairs. It was, it was, yeah, yeah. It was pretty. Um, I think it was um, Stormwind too. Stormwind had some more stuff going on as Did well. It? But, well, Stormwind had a couple of raid instances that they never actually finalized. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> there, there were was those portals on there like the little islands. Yeah, and one, one of them. Well, one of them was on the island, and then the other one was down at the end of the canal. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's one that's like even today the canal area is still there. Like if you go between um, the trade district and old the old city. There's a portal there. Like it's not a portal anymore, but the the grate is still there. That used to be a portal, and then there used to be one that was like, kind of similar to the um oh bloody heck I want to say dead mines, but that's not it. Stockades. Stockades. Yeah. There's one that was similar to stockades. It was a similar kind of portal. Like it was just out on an island. Like it's and that yeah. place is still there too. And like there you, was a lot of I remember in vanilla like people speculated that oh stockades was the dungeon and then we're gonna get a raid version where like even worse criminals are in there and that never happened. There were a lot of people that thought that the version not the one in the water but the other one they thought that that was actually going to be player housing at some point. The canals one. Yeah, the one that wasn't it wasn't the one on the little island that was like the stuff it was yeah. the other one they thought the canals one was going to lead to player housing, and yeah. I think that was just wishful thinking on people's parts pretty much. Yeah. But. So well, there were actually I think if I remember right in vanilla like the very earliest data mining had models like night elf and human like housing models yeah. labeled as player housing. So yeah. at some point, Blizzard was considering it like way in the distant past, and remnants of it were in the game files. But that's it. In terms yeah, of like, um, in, in terms of game lore, what you're looking at when you're down there is the oldest version of Ironforge. They yeah. just they built up. 
they built more and that stuff that's down there is just the original stuff that was when they first got to the mountain and started building in it they built that and then they built more and more and more and over time they've pretty much abandoned that old stuff because it's real old that's pretty much all you're dealing with. Yeah, okay, in, so... In terms of game mechanics, I think it was just... Cities are supposed to have more to them than they actually did in the end. Yep. Okay, so second question is, about Moira's child. Do dwarves age and mature much slower than humans? Visiting the Council of Three Hammers, the baby looks exactly the same as it did when Moira brought it with her, while Anduin has grown quite a bit since then. So is this an oversight by Blizz, where they forgot to have Moira's kid grow up a tiny bit, or does he age slower due to being a dwarf? They do age slower, actually. Yeah, I I would say that they age slower because dwarves live quite a bit longer than humans do, like by a couple hundred years at least, I think. 250 or so, I think. Yeah. They probably did also forget. They probably did also forget to update him because they don't have anything for him to do story-wise. Yeah, there's no reason to update the model because he's not actually doing anything currently in-game. It's not like... The people grow. The people who have grown up in WoW, it doesn't make sense how they have grown up. I mean, Anduin went from a ten-year-old to a teenager to like a grown-ass man in the span of like four years. Yeah. And you have like Nomi and Lily, who were both child Pandarin in Mr. Pandaria, and Lily is still you know, a young girl, and Nomi is a grown-ass man. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's just whatever they feel like doing. Like ages are never reflected in WoW. It's mostly. Ever. Who's relevant, and if they are relevant and they have a story, we should probably update their model. So it's pretty much gameplay related, but at the same time, yeah, dwarves probably age slower anyway just because they live longer. It's not super relevant, but I still have a really hard time believing that even a long-lived race would be a baby for many, many years. Yeah. That's a pretty good way to go extinct. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let me put it to you this way, Alex. Uh, Humans live a lot longer than dogs. And our children take a lot longer to get mature than dogs. Imagine so, if you were a Draenei and you were a baby for a hundred years. <laughs> if you, you live imagine, a thousand. Can you imagine taking care of a baby for a hundred years? Changing the same stupid baby's diapers for a hundred years or a thousand years? I don't think they that right, but a hundred years, years for a Draenei is like a blink of an eye. They live for thousands upon thousands upon thousands of years, so it doesn't really matter. Time passes at the same rate, you just have more of it. Yeah, <laughs> but I think that they have like a different conceptualization of time just because they do live longer. If I... If I could be immortal, <laughs> if I had a child that would be pooping its pants for a thousand years, <laughs> I would choose to not be immortal. Well, okay, but the child is still going to do that for a thousand years. But I won't be there for a thousand years to deal with it that long. <laughs> oh, no, you're still going to live the thousand years with the baby. Just after that, you'll just die. Okay, we got time for one more question, so we're going to go ahead and answer it because it's not... It's not a super long one, and this one is from Suggle Kitten, who says, Hey, y'all, just wondering if with this new scaling system, if the next expansion, the Legion mobs, will scale above 110 to, say, 112. So I think what he's asking here is, you know how when we get to the end of an expansion, we move on to the next expansion? Well, since Legion has that whole global scaling thing going on with its zones does that mean that those zones are going to continue scaling with us even though we've moved on to a different expansion i hope not i don't think so i imagine they would just leave it at 110 i think they'd probably just set it to a cap and leave it at that cap 
I hope so because I I don't want to be in a situation where I can literally never go back there and just kill stuff easy. Uh, it's always I mean, going to be a challenge point, forever. At this point, when you hit 110, all of the mobs in all of the zones are 110. But as your gear gets better, you cut through them faster anyway. Yeah, but I, I still would rather get even easier as I, if I'm like a level 120. Right, but since like, they you know, capped it off at that point, like they don't scale with. Well, I don't know. It obviously they, they aren't set up, to they aren't yeah. set to scale with our item level. They're set to scale with our level. So if our level increases, does that mean that theirs is going to increase in kind? And I don't know. We I haven't had any so. indication on that, but I wouldn't think so. I don't think we'll actually know until we have the next expansion. Yeah. There, there is one place where we can see weird scaling artifacts right now. If you go back to Pandaria and you're doing your farm dailies, yeah. mobs and stuff there scale to max level. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So if you want to see how wonky that can be, go do that. And you'll be like, what? So wait, this? if you go to your farm right now, the stuff on the farm is going to be level 110? Yeah. Dang. Like, <laughs> certain certain things like the bugs that you have to kill and the, the vines that you have to stomp out, they're all scaled up. They scale with you. So yeah, uh, I don't think it's necessarily a good idea. Let me put it that way. Yeah. I'm just, I, I'm thinking of how like the farmer's guild out there is dealing with that problem. <laughs> why, why is Everything is just fine until you show up and then it gets a lot well, meaner. <laughs> I'm trying to remember, wasn't there a thing that didn't they just not, scale with you but they went immediately 110 i seem to remember somebody tweeting like they went to their farm on level 103 character and got a level 110 rabbit or something wow maybe i'm remembering that wrong and that may just be wonkiness with phasing because the phasing in missa pandaria worked very differently from where it's progressed to in legion so you never know anyway thanks for the questions i'll get and i think that's probably do we have time for one more do we want to answer one more I'm okay with it, but do you guys? What do you think, Alex? Uh, if it's a quickie, let's go for it. Uh, okay, well, the the next email has two questions in it, so we'll just answer the first one, all right? Sure. Uh, so last email is from Uthos on Proudmore US, who says, Hi, all. This may seem like a stupid question, but aside for from the whole gameplay reasons, is there a reason why the priest and the paladin class halls are different? They both have the same interest at heart, with the exception of the paladins possibly taking issue with researching the shadow, but they seem like they would be both be on board with sharing resources. The same question could be posed to the demon hunter and the warlock class halls. So what do you guys think? I think you'd sooner get warriors... And and anybody to team up than, than warlocks and demon hunters. Yeah. Um, <laughs> as a warlock, all I would just like to enslave a demon hunter just to see if I can. Yeah. Um, I don't really want to hang out with them. I mean, they're part them. demon, so you would think. <laughs> this is like the same thing where hunters constantly try to tame druids, and druids are like, stop it. Stop yeah. it. Yeah. Like, as, a, as a warlock, I would run cruel experiments on demon hunters rather than be buddies with them. And you can actually kind of see this in-game. If you run into a, what is his name, Marius Fell whatever and Ted Shoemaker. Yes. Like Their Marius, interaction with each other is very entertaining. <laughs> and, like, not just them, but Ted is in various Illidari camps. And the Illidari, like, hate him, and he thinks it's hilarious. Like, there's even, he has, I don't remember the exact wording, but there's a line where he specifically says, they're terrified of me, and that's hilarious. I'm just some guy from Lordaeron or whatever. What are they, why are they afraid of me? It's because I'm, they're, they're just terrified. And 
I think that would be the relationship between demon hunters and warlocks. Demon hunters would not be fans of warlocks. Warlocks would try to do strange things to demon hunters. Yeah, as for the priest and paladin thing, uh, I think to a certain degree it's partially the fact that priests don't limit themselves to the light the way paladins do. There are no shadow paladins. Uh, I also think to a degree a lot of paladin orders started out with like priests who are like, no, we want to put on plate armor and hit people. And they, they priests kind, kind of, of evolve, or excuse me, paladins were kind of the evolution hybrid evolution between priests and warriors. And I feel like paladins would want to keep maintaining their own separate identity as much as they could, especially the ones that do come from that. They uh, formed their own order, like after establishing that the silver hand was a thing. Like you know, the think, second paladins were created, that was formed specifically for paladins. I think it's actually done really if you do those two class halls, if I remember the details correctly, I think they do this pretty well. And yeah. that, you know, the priest side of things are dealing with, you know, very mystic, magical aspects of this whole relationship. And the paladins are very militaristic and they're they're soldiers and they're doing their soldier thing. But the two class hall stories do actually overlap at points where if you're doing the priest one, uh, depending on which artifact you choose, like at the beginning, if you do the holy priest artifact, a guy from the paladin class hall is your tank as a priest in this scenario. So yeah. these two stories do overlap like they they have shared experiences in shared story elements, but they are still separate organizations. It's done pretty well, I think. Yeah, the end of it in particular is interestingly crosses, but it doesn't, you know, doesn't obviate either group. Okay. Well, that wraps us up for emails. Uh, Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch. And your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. I want to take this moment to thank Anne for being back. Okay. Because last week we had no idea what to do just now. It, <laughs> it was very, very hard to end the show. We just kind of stumbled off. But <laughs> if you have an email for the podcast, uh, please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com. Again, we love getting them. We love talking about anything. This has been the Blizzard Watch Podcast. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll be here next week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Support comes from ServiceNow, the AI platform for business transformation. You've heard the hype around AI. The truth is, AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. ServiceNow is the platform that puts AI to work for people across your business, removing friction and frustration for your employees, supercharging productivity for your developers, providing intelligent tools for your service agents to make customers happier. All built into a single platform you can use right now. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Visit servicenow.com slash AI for people to learn more. This Mother's Day, treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. 
Their advanced eye care duo brightens and firms skin around your eyes, while the Golden Glow Body Trio nourishes and smooths skin all over. Go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off your first order site-wide. 